Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. This is Tim Allman here with Jake Bessling. We are two pastors trying to change the eternities of others, connecting all people to the story of the one true God. That's right. We believe that eternities are changed when a leader grows. Say that again. We believe that eternities are changed, not just right now, but eternities are changed when a leader grows, makes that decision day by day, empowered by the Spirit. That is our white-hot why for doing lead time. We believe eternities are changed, say it a different way right here, when disciples are discovered, developed, and deployed to lead others to their fullest potential. When we believe that you are that type of leader, you care about personal knowledge and growth. And just like we said last week, you want to learn so that you can bless other people. You receive so that you can give. It's not just about you. It's about being a part of a huge movement. So, Jake, talk to people about why why would they be listening to this podcast, receiving other types of content? Why are they striving to grow? That's right. Why, why, why am I listening to this podcast? Why, why am I constantly reading sacred and secular leadership literature? It's because... You share our same DNA. That's right. Welcome, fellow brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Better yet, you share the DNA of our dynamic God who stepped into our brokenness and to the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus changed the world, didn't he? Jesus changed eternities by forgiving sin and connecting all who believe to God. That's the greatest story of all time. Tim, how did Jesus change the world. This is our theme for today. He changed the world through telling stories, telling stories. He connected us to the grand story, the grand narrative of our creation, how amazing that was. The fall, wah, wah, downward, <laughs> Debbie Downer, our need for redemption. That's why Jesus came. Our current incorporation into God's mission as the body of Christ, the church, those who are filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the name of the triune God. And then we're looking forward. We have hope. There a vision for that beautiful day of restoration when everything that is broken is made right again. He connected us. He connected you to that grand story. And yet, Jesus communicated in such a simple, tangible, accessible way that every person could understand. And how did he do it, Jake? He told stories, man. Love it. So here are a few. The story of a lost son, desperately loved, forgiven, pursued and restored by his father, also known as a prodigal son. Luke 15, read it. Yeah, the story of the sower sowing seeds in a variety of locations, waiting for the seed to produce a harvest. Or the story of a rich man who relates to another poor man by the name of Lazarus. These stories are so integrated into the very fabric of the church, and Jesus realized that stories would stick and that facts, numbers, would fade. Story stick, facts fade, agreed. Here is what Jesus didn't do. He didn't say, uh, <laughs> disciples, can I get that TPS report? Yeah, can I get on, that TPS report? Uh, how many disciples were discovered, developed, and deployed? Jesus doesn't, doesn't seem that concerned about reports and metrics and, and data. Those are important, but at least not primarily. Primarily. He truly believes that his story and work would change individuals' lives and lead to a movement through his body, the church, the bride of Christ. 
Jesus cares about stewarding resources and people, but he realized he was not going to start the greatest movement the world had ever known through facts and reporting and TPS reporting. The gospel was meant to be embodied and storied. The biggest challenge he ever gives in Matthew 28 tells the disciples to go and make other disciples, not just of some, but of all people, all nations. What a huge challenge. It's like he's saying, your work is not done until every person on planet Earth knows, believes, and follows me. Now go, do it. Tim, do you think if Jesus were in the flesh today, in human flesh today, with us 21st century, he would care about metrics and facts? Mm, That's a good question. What modern day tools would Jesus use? Would Jesus use Excel spreadsheets? <laughs> Would he use uh, CCB? That's one of the tools we use, Church Community Builder. Would he know how to read a finance or metric-driven discipleship report? You know what? Yeah, I think he would, no no doubt. I believe Jesus would take advantage of every possible metric, piece of technology, uh, and the latest tools to disciple as many people as possible. I believe Jesus would build an amazing team of people who cared about metrics, data, and facts, but I believe he would keep them laser-focused on the fact that they were all about people growing. It was all about people. The mission was all about people. He wasn't going to get stuck in the facts, in the data. He was going to use the facts and the data to invite more people into a relationship with the one true God. And how would Jesus capture people today? Well, through stories. Facts fade, stories, stories stick. So, Jake, think back to your earliest days. I'm very curious about this. We've never gone here before. Tell me about the stories that kind of shaped the culture of your home. Did you live in a storied home? Hmm. I was thinking about that and how my mom and dad would be different storytellers, and my mom more so a storyteller, not so much my dad, unless it was a pivotal moment in my life. Hmm. And so thinking about my mom, she often, she grew up in a small town called Winchester, Texas, uh, probably about 5,000 people. Um, with the Winchester rifle get made there? Uh, it did not, but okay. I mean, it's just a good good name, Winchester. Yeah, <laughs> and about 150 acres of land, um, six siblings, and everyone worked really hard on the farm. She took a bath, honestly, like every few days and in line of the same bath water in with her siblings. With her siblings yeah. after like the, yeah. the the parents go and then the oldest goes and all the way down. So that was I a different heard day. These stories of living on the farm in the fifties in uh, rural Texas, um, and that bath would take place in the barn out back. I mean, just crazy. So I heard that story often of whenever I would work hard. My mom's maiden name is Reinhardt. Reinhardt, which is a common name like Smith in America. That's Reinhardt in Germany. Very common name, but. Man, Jake, you're a or Jacob. You're a Reinhardt. You're a Reinhardt at heart. Mm. Whenever I would be working hard. Now, my dad didn't necessarily tell a lot of stories unless I had done something wrong, <laughs> and so then the story would come out honestly about his brokenness and about how he messed up, and some of those impactful stories of that stuck with me of how he fell out of college at Concordia Austin wow. because of brokenness in his life. His dad had died, and um, he was drinking too much. And so I also reflect on a lot of times these stories were shared when it was from my mom, when it was good times, and then she wouldn't 
speak as much as story language when it was bad, mm. whereas my dad wouldn't speak the good in normal times, but then when it got bad and there was really a problem, he would share a story. I kind of hear that they complimented yeah. one another. It was really, really balanced as I reflect on that. Had you ever really thought about that not, too much until... Not really, until you wrote this podcast <laughs> and you you said, Jake, speak about your home life. Yeah, so I yeah. appreciate that. I love this conversation. It's really good. So leader, think about your home life and were stories shared consistently or not. Tim, tell yeah, us yeah. about your home life it, as a kid. It's truly in the home where we learn to listen, own, and develop our own storytelling ability. Uh, side note here, um, a touch concern that because of the distraction of technology, that parents are not telling their kids as many stories as they once did. And maybe the kids aren't listening as well as they could because of our devices. So we've said this before, but get off the phone and tell a good story today. A parent, take responsibility for telling the story of your your growing up years. And uh, and a lot of times it's in the hard times I heard about your dad kind of speaking, you know, but make it just a normal rhythm at the dinner table. Are you eating dinner together? Tell good stories about why you do what you do today, and why I, you are like you are. We're just kind of fearful maybe that mm. the kids won't care, <clears throat> but if they're young enough and they haven't been shaped by the devices and technology yeah. or whatnot, they really do listen. They really do care. They want to know about your yeah. childhood, so get over that and share the story. Yeah, I was trained by a master storyteller in my dad, Pastor Dave Allman. I remember him telling stories, and often the the same story. Oh, no offense, Dad. Uh, sometimes the same story five or six times, but it shaped me. I mean, the stories still stick today. He'd tell us about teeping neighbors' homes with friends. He's like 12 years old, going out late at night. It was a different day. I remember or, that. I or pranking that. in high school. This is one of my favorite stories. Uh, and most of my dad's stories are all just like fun, Funny loving, yeah. joy-filled, right? Or a prank that he pulled in high school where he and some buddies went into the school library after hours and pulled in a VW Bug. Who does that? In the library. They, they moved this small... I, they could pick it up, I think, with a whole bunch of dudes. They moved it Whoa. into the library. He'd tell stories of when he decided to become a pastor instead of being a sports play-by-play announcer. That's what he wanted to do. So stories about his vocational calling. He'd talk about life and early ministry stories about how he almost wanted to quit and become a mailman. I remember that in his first few months of being a pastor. He almost tanked out and said, hey, man, I want to want to do something else. That's less stressful, fear of rejection, identity type stories. Really, really good stuff from my dad. And then the funniest thing I remember is that he always, and still does today, laughs the hardest at his own at his own stories. So we need to learn to tell, like become more interested, and then you become more interesting, right? The more curious you are. The more people are curious about why you are like like you are. So have you developed, leader, kind of your 30-minute elevator story that really says why you do what you do? 30-minute? 30 30-minute 30 or 30-second. I mean, that'd be a long elevator ride. It depends what ride. you got, right? You know, that's a long elevator ride. That's 30 a minutes. long one. I love that one. <laughs> or if you're stuck in the elevator, <laughs> yeah, I guess it you could better be. have your story 30 ready. Minute, but 30 seconds. But Take you could have there. both, yeah, ready to go. So what would that be for you, Jay? Why do you do what you do, your 30-second elevator story. Yeah, I was thinking too, before I share that, just the power of that question when you meet people, hey, what's your story? And I learned that a lot Mm -hmm. from you, Tim. Just, hey, what's your story? And it really gives them affirmation Mm. of, hey, I value, I want to listen to this. 
I care about you and we all have stories. So for me, I wrote a little bit down here, just kind of the mission, uh, you know, when I was debating what I want to do in life, the verse Matthew 20, 28, Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as our answer for many was huge. And so really my mission is to serve others by spending time with them and moving them from sitting as saved to sent to share. And what I mean by that is a story from yesterday. This kid that's now 24, um, who was a child in our youth ministry here, and so I knew him since he was 13. I would go spend um, time with him week by week and go out for coffee. And honestly, his name's Aaron. I'll just get, I won't give you the last name, but he had a rough home life. Mm. And he was really left sometimes um, to kind of fend for himself, and he got in a lot of trouble. At one point, he stole a go-kart and, and got in trouble with the cops. And so that was the start of a downward spiral in and out of jail and then now in and out of prison mm. and different things that he did. He met with me yesterday, and he was seeking amends for the relationship on his 12 steps. He's been sober from drugs, alcohol, and smoking wow. for almost a whole year. And it was the coolest thing to see him yesterday and him just hug you. And I was like, where is this coming from? Like, I don't, I don't necessarily need this, but he really needed it. And then as I learned more of his story over the last couple of years, he just really said, like, thank you for believing in me and simply spending time with me and allowing me to do silly things at youth group, you know, and be myself. And so just the power in my life of being present with people and serving them by spending time with them. So, Tim, what's yours? Yeah, Tell us your elevator uh, Just speech. reflect on yours really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that story, Aaron's story, shapes your story. It does. Right? And It, I, it I, affirms the call that God has on your life. Yeah. So it's not like you're on an island, just, oh, i got to find my story. It's no, it, you're, there's a convergence. You're a part of this massive, massive movement. So mine is this. I want to be one part, just one part, of changing our church body right now, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, through a lay leadership revolution movement. Nice. I want to be one part. So that would be my 30-second elevator, white, hot, white story. So for the rest of the podcast, we're going to give you three reasons that stories stick and facts fade. Our goal is that you start to incorporate more stories into your leadership life, both at home and at work. So the first one there, Jake. The first reason that stories stick and facts fade. Stories are interesting, aren't they? Think about it. What would you rather listen to? Someone say, wow, the stock market sure took a dip last week, followed by an awkward high-level impersonal shallow conversation. (laughs) Or would you rather hear, let me tell you a story about how I weathered and grew my portfolio through the last recession, and I'm putting together a plan to do it again. Want to hear my want to hear my story. That's that's so true. It's fun as a preacher when you've been going on and on for a bit in terms of, right. we, we coach right. our, our future pastors here in this, but you're going on and on. You've got all this content and this deep explanatory theology, and you're just getting after it. Now, don't get me wrong. This type of explanatory <laughs> preaching is needed. Just don't live there for too long. Apply what you're explaining to people through story, just like Jesus. It's fun to start into a story in a sermon and watch people re-engage the message. They lift their head up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they do. They do. They, they lift their eyes. They focus more. Because anytime you're communicating facts, uh, people wander and start to intuitively apply those facts to their life. 
So they're already jumping. You've almost lost them if it's much longer than two minutes. They're starting to apply uh, the facts to their own story. But then you start to tell a story, and people love the story. Jake, truly, uh, imagine if we never shared stories, Yikes. personal or otherwise, on, on Sundays and sermons. Ooh. We could grow into a cold, aloof, elevated theologian that no one can relate to. That's no good. No, no, it's not. Also, if pastors are called to use stories to shape culture in a church, please do the same as a business leader and influencer of others. <clears throat> Maybe you could start your weekly meeting mm-hmm. with a story of an employee who is thriving Tell the story. Parents, at night before bed, maybe you could retell a story of where you saw your child excelling that week or a story from your childhood when you had an issue just like your kids were facing and how God or someone got you through it. Make it detailed, passionate, make it personal. Watch your kids light up as you tell their story. You know, and you can grab other people's stories. This is a neat new season that we're entering into as, as a team in collaborative sermon writing. Starting this week, we're going to be working about 17 days out. And one part of our work as we gather together for about an hour and a half, uh, 17 days before the message is going to be preached, is we are going to share illustrations and stories. And I'm sure I'm going to end up telling some of your stories, Jake. I'll tell some of yours and Joel's and Jeff's and Adam's and... It's going to be super, super fun. So the first reason that stories stick and facts fade is stories are interesting. The second reason, moving to point number two, second reason stories stick and facts fade is stories build empathy. Stories build empathy. Life is inevitably filled with conflict. No one's life is perfect. You all know this. And stories help us empathize with one another. So now I'm going to try to communicate this story in a faithful way. I'm going to tell a story here. You can sit back, relax. A while back, one of our staff members and a dear friend made a request of me that they wanted me to fulfill. And here's the reality. I wasn't able to fully fulfill that request from a time perspective. And I gave uh, this leader a snapshot of my day and the varied scenarios that I get to walk through that kept me from fulfilling her request. And the leader immediately responded, with empathy. Just letting that leader into my day gave gave empathy through story. So Jake, tell us of a time when you were experiencing empathy for someone based on their story. Yeah, it was more, I'll, I'll take it this way, that I felt empathy based on uh, your story when you shared, you know, just coming here from Colorado and mm. the experience you had at the table ministry there in Colorado and the empathy of, of wow, that's that's incredible that's passionate, that's helping the least of these that are homeless around a meal and worship. And then the opportunity to say, wow, empathetically, I see where you're coming from and excited then to be looped into that story and dream a new dream about what it means to have Christ Greenfield do similar things. And so then we started La Mesa as we talk about it on lead time, uh, working poor and homeless community, a church that receives a meal and worship every Tuesday night. And so it's the power of just hearing different people's perspectives and building building empathy. So finally, the third reason stories stick is that they stir our imagination to shape the future. They stir our imagination to shape the future. For anything to change or any person to grow, there has to be a strong rationale for how the future would be different if they acted. Tim, tell the story about how Christ Greenfield Lutheran Church and School's story was used to stir our future imagination. Now, I have told this story hundreds of times 
in smaller and larger uh, spaces. So here's the story. Crest Greenfield, we were internally focused, financially anxious, and a church and a school that were divided. But we had countless leaders ready to flip the script if provided with empowering leadership. So here's the story I was able to tell just within uh, a few months. That's where we were. But man, there's a new day right now and a new vision for the future. We're now externally focused, financially stable and improving, and the church and school, we're going to speak it into reality, right? The church and school are one. We're not living divided anymore. Why? And here was the big why that we had to tell this story because countless leaders were investing time, talent, and treasure to change the Christ Greenfield story. So I've told, like I said, that thumbnail sketch over and over again. Here's what leaders do. You tell the same story over and over again until the culture is changed. How did God create? With word. Who is Jesus? He is the word made flesh. So stories stir the imagination to shape the future. So Jake, as we're coming down the home stretch, let's pivot just a touch. What words of advice would you give to someone who says, you know, this all sounds well and good, but I don't. I don't really think in story. I'm more of a type A, hard data and facts leader. So help us, help me tell better stories, Jake. What word of advice would you give that person? All right, write this down. Start by writing down and practicing telling your personal faith story to friends and family. It takes practice. Find the details of your story that give you passion. I mean, literally block out time to write the story down. There's something about pen and paper, not just in your mind, in your headspace. Write it down. Notice the nuances of how God has been working in your life for the past 30 seconds, 30 years, the past time in your life. Then ask someone you love and trust this question. Can I share with you what God has been revealing to me? I'm sure they're going to say, oh yeah, I can't wait to hear this. Mm -hmm. Then give it a go and passionately speak your own story from your heart. It'll change how you see story. Everyone can learn to tell their own story better. And a lot of times in the church, especially, we don't teach people how to share their story. I love every year when our confirmation youth share their story. It's only two minutes, but a lot of them just really get into it and share a story about um, a, a struggle in life and where God showed up. And it's so passionate to see parents get excited about it. But then you look at the parents, you say, if they can do it, you can do it too. Yeah. You know, Let the kids be an example to you. Exactly. Leader, have you paused long enough to look in your spirit and to find the content from, it's all the Lord's, right? Whether it's from the Word of God or from other people or the, the, the kind of leadership lane. And maybe it is a data and facts driven lane. But then out of that, how do you tell the story of why that matters? That's really it, right? It's the story of why, what's behind the data. Well, it's people's lives that are being changed. Jack Kalberg is our director of finance and operations, and many people, I think, could see him. You just kind of are holed up, uh, crunching numbers, TPS reports, doing a lot of slides. Ever it is, yeah, just dealing with a lot of slides. But we just had a report from him, and behind a lot of the data, there were numerous stories of lives changed, and he's become much, much better at telling what is behind those data and stats. So the next step, after you start to practice, just telling your faith story. You're a lover of Jesus. He loves you. Share that testimony with other people. Then the next step is to become excellent at asking questions. Ask questions that draw out the stories of others. Some prompting questions could be, when have you felt closest to God? 
What in your past is going to shape your future? Or, or please tell me a story when you walk through suffering and the Holy Spirit taught you something new. Watch out, leader. If you choose to ask these questions, your heart will swell to 10 times its normal size, and you'll have so much <laughs> Jesus juice connected to the story of God working through you in time and space right here and right now that you will about burst, man. Trust us. It's your crazy. Heart will swell. It's swell and burst. It's crazy that if we don't ask those types of questions, we might not know the gifts of these stories. Yeah. Like, what, you ever heard a story and you're like, man, I can't believe I didn't know that about you or them. Isn't that sad? It's so sad. And it might have taken that prompting, that question, that space, that focus, that permission to just simply say, hey, tell me, tell me your story. And in the church, we use these through videos a lot. You yeah. can pre-do. Yeah. Is that, yeah, pre-do or, re, you know. We've pre-done it. <laughs> pre-done it. I'm from Texas. Come on now. You can you can uh, do that before you ever hit the Sunday morning stage. And so the opportunity to really tell stories well via video, um, camera, Facebook Live, the opportunity to get the word out about incredible stories. And so, yeah, living in the moment as well is important. If you are in the moment of a story and you can share that as quick as possible mm. and, and you have permission to do so, it's really, really impactful. I've been blessed. You've been blessed to walk alongside couples at a variety of different stages of health. So marriages, let's apply this to just marriage real quick. If a marriage is, is struggling, I bet curiosity about their partner's story is waning, you know? There's always more. It could be about that day. You know, what did, what did Jesus reveal to you today? What was around you? Are you debriefing at the end of the day, putting right, the phone right, down? Right. Curiosity has probably gone and stories are stagnant and stale. Yeah, yeah you yeah. hear those arguments. You didn't even ask about my day. That's right. all it's, and that's a story. What's the story of your day? Right. How was your day? I was apart from you and I want to know more of your story. And also these couples that we are doing anniversaries for, wedding renewals, 50, 60 years, mm. anniversaries. I mean, they they basically tell us they still don't know everything about the person. There's still more to be done, more to learn. There's more to that person's story. It's incredible. To close, why should you start telling more personal stories and becoming curious about the stories of others? Simply put, stories change the world and connect people to the greatest story of all time, the story of God's love for all shown through our maker and our Savior, and our sustainer, Jesus. The greatest storyteller of all time. Read the scriptures afresh in the Gospels as he, said, he shares stories. Thankfully, stories do stick, and facts fade, so tell stories. Amen. Our three points today, stories are interesting, stories build empathy, and then our uh, third point is that stories. I can't even find it. Jake, sometimes see these pages. We're just like a, a train wreck sometimes. Oh yeah. Stories stir our imagination and help shape the future. Give us uh, a hope and a future. Sharing is caring. Please comment on what you like and give us suggestions for different guests uh, that you'd like to have on lead time. We're so proud of the leadership journey that you are on. We love you truly as a partner in the gospel. And thanks for listening to lead time where we believe that eternities are changed when a leader grows. Peace. Yeah, rock this day. Later. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.